Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. I am Chris Graham. We are talking on a Wednesday, and we're going to talk Richmond Flying Squirrels baseball with the voice of the Flying Squirrels, Trey Wilson, who's joining us on the long line all the way out in Akron, uh, where the Squirrels are uh, in the midst of a series with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Trey, uh, good luck finding some food today. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's about lunchtime out here in uh in uh, the edges of Northeast Ohio. Um, and uh, that's part of the journey in minor league baseball. The players, the staff, everybody goes through it. It's uh, trying to figure out where all the food is when we go on the road because we don't have cars. We travel on a bus. But, yeah, I'm doing well. I hope you're doing well. Um, excited to talk some flying squirrels today. Yeah, well, you've been uh, with the team. I think you were hired in 20, uh, 2018. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the fall, the, the winter of 2018. Winter of yeah, I took the job. So 2019 was my first season here. Uh, it was a dream opportunity to come back close to home. I've been doing this in minor league baseball for a little over a decade. And uh, we always say in baseball, you know, you don't get to pick where you go. You just kind of have to go where the job is. There's only about uh, 90 of these jobs that I have in the country. Yeah, actually, less than that probably these days. Um, so you just have to go where the job is. And I got really lucky that the job is not only in a place that's close to home for me, but in a place that I really enjoy being. Yeah, you're a native of Portsmouth from what I looked up. And and you had some time in the Eastern League before Richmond up in Altoona. So um, uh, you, you're pretty familiar, I'm guessing, at this stage with uh, all the uh, the home parks, the road parks, everything else, all the road trips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was actually talking on the, on the, uh, the what ended up being, I think, a 10 to 11 hour bus ride out here to Akron um, because of the traffic. We traveled on Memorial Day, so there was a lot of traffic. But uh, I was just talking with uh, one of our one of the members of our staff who was sitting in the seat next to mine on the bus about, uh, you know, at this point, I've been in this league for so long, I'm ready to see some new towns. Um, <laughs> you know, this Richmond, Richmond is the best city in this league. Um, not so down any of the other towns, but Richmond's great. Uh, Portland, Maine is great, but then, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of places where we stay like 30 minutes outside of the, where the ballpark is out in the suburbs somewhere. So we're just getting used to seeing a whole lot of, uh, of strip malls and, uh, and grocery stores and things like that out in, uh, out in the suburbs and some of these towns where we go to play. What is that road trip to, to Portland? Like that's, that's, that's gotta be a hike. Yeah, I think it's about 12 hours. Uh, this We haven't actually been since 2019, so I've only done it from Richmond once. And uh, it's, um, yeah, it's a haul up I-95. This year, we're actually going to go to New Hampshire first and then Portland in back-to-back series. So that'll make it a little bit easier. We'll go to New Hampshire, Portland, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, which will probably take about, uh, that'll take about 12 hours on a bus, maybe a little more. A um, couple of stops mixed in. And then it's only about an hour and a half or two hour trip, I think, from New Hampshire to uh, to Portland. So that's a pretty easy ride. And then we'll, we'll come back on the Sunday night and uh, uh, after that series ends in Portland. And that'll be a long ride probably through the night. We'll probably be getting back into Richmond uh, around when the sun's coming up. That's usually how that goes. And then we have the off day on Monday, but that's usually a shot because it's usually spent sleeping. <laughs> A lot of time on the road, a lot of time on buses, uh, and, and I'm guessing for you as as a as a play by play guy, that's very valuable. You really get to know the guys you're talking about uh, at game time. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I, I spend a lot of time with these guys and it does help um, give some stuff to talk about. Three hours every night is a lot of time to fill on a broadcast. Um, the, the broadcasting, the play-by-play, I always say that the play-by-play part of my job probably actually takes about 5% of my energy and focus and time uh, compared to the 95% of all the other jobs that I have within my job. But the play-by-play part is probably also 95% of the visibility that I have, uh, what people know me for doing. So it's funny. It's the part that I enjoy the most, and it's uh, it's the part that's the most notable, I guess, about what I do. But it, it's the part that uh, that takes probably the least amount of my time out of all the things that I do in this job. But part of what I do as well is I do a lot of stuff with travel coordinating and hotels and some things like that. So I work with these guys a lot on that. And, uh, and you know, so just aside from being around them on the bus and everything, I'm also uh, trying to help take care of them when we're at home. Um or, you know, when we're out on the road. So I do get to spend a good amount of time around these guys. There's actually, a, a, I was walking over for lunch. There's a group of them at a table uh, a little bit away from where I was sat. I'm probably going to go pop over and say a quick good afternoon to them in just a couple minutes and then yeah, yeah. go back over and enjoy my my uh, my breakfast for lunch. So uh, you're in Akron. We talked about first game of a series last night, uh, 3-2 win for the Squirrels over the Rubber Ducks. Matt Frisbee getting his first win of the season and had a had a pretty solid outing. Uh, talk about last night's game and how how Matt did particularly. Yeah, it's been great to see. The last couple of weeks from him have been I've been calling the vintage Matt Frisbee. They look like he did in 2021 when he first got here, when he he destroyed this league. He nobody could touch him in May of 2021. He made five starts for the Flying Squirrels last year to open the season, and then got promoted to AAA and had some struggles. Um, which happens to a lot of guys when they go to that league. The Pacific Coast League is where the Giants AAA team is. Uh, we refer to it as getting PCL'd, um, which is basically in like in the baseball game, shorthand for a pitcher going up and giving up a billion home runs because there's a lot of small parks and high elevation parks in that league. And Matt Frisbee being a fly ball pitcher, that league didn't really lend itself to, <laughs> to his, uh, to his stat lines being, being solid. So, he had a little bit of trouble up there. He came back and was still struggling a little bit late last season. And then this year, he got a late start to the season. He was injured for a little bit. Um, so he's slowly been working his way back, building his uh, his pitch count up and everything. And um, last week against Hartford at home, he pitched six scoreless innings and uh, issued one walk, allowed one hit, and then said, okay, that looks like Matt Frisbee again. Can he repeat that? And we came out here to Akron yesterday, and he started the first game of the series a massive series against the Ducks. And uh, he had some base runners on against him yesterday, but he held, uh, held a very good Akron team to just two runs. They scored the only two runs on a two-run homer in the first inning. And then uh, he left a runner at third early in the game. And in the seventh inning, as his pitch count was getting up, uh, he ended up giving up a, a couple of kind of tough luck base runners. The base is loaded with one out, and he reached back and found a little extra and got a couple of strikeouts against two really big Cleveland Guardians prospects, uh, Bo Naylor and George Valera. Struck out George Valera to strand the bases loaded with a 94-mile-per-hour fastball, which was one of his hardest pitches of the night on his 90th pitch of the game. So it was very encouraging stuff to see out of him yesterday. You mentioned this is a huge series for Richmond. Uh, that win gets the, uh, the Squirrels back within two games of Akron in the uh, Southwest Division. Uh, with uh, the whole week to go here. Um, 
Also last night, a couple home runs. Uh, in fact, all the runs coming off home runs, Brett Auerbach, uh, he uh, has now homered in back-to-back games, got seven this season. And Brandon Martirano uh, with a solo homer that uh, that put the squirrels ahead to stay. Uh, talk about those two guys, and it's particularly Auerbach. I know his, his batting average is, is low right now, but it seems like he's heating up right now. Yeah, Arbach's one of a, a couple of guys here who I think, um, you know, they had great seasons last year, but they haven't really settled all the way in yet to double A, which is a massive jump in the minor leagues. Uh, going from, from high A to double A is considered the biggest leap in the minors uh, as far as talent goes. It's a, it's a make or break level. So uh, seeing guys struggle their first two months or so and hit sub 200 is not really that uncommon, even for really good players who go on to have good major league careers. Um, but the power has been there for him. He had a ton of home runs in high A last year. Uh, we've, we've seen it again the last couple of days. He had a two-run homer yesterday. Um, the Giants fans got really excited about Brett Arbach during spring training this year. Um, catchers, usually they bring a bunch of catchers up with major league invitations to spring training because they need a bunch of catchers around <laughs> for big league camp. And uh, Arbach was one of the guys who was there. And when you're there, you end up playing in a lot of major league games in front of the major league fans so he put on a show people loved his kind of scrappy energy um he had a really good spring won the barney nugent award which goes to the top performing first year major league invite to spring training for the giants um so there's been a lot of attention on him this year but he uh he missed a little bit of time uh was was unavailable for a couple of weeks and i think that he had to kind of hit reset button and start his his season over again uh, at that point, so, uh, you know, it's, it's taken a little bit of time for the wheels to get rolling, but uh, it looks like they're starting to get that way now. Uh, Big-time homer yesterday, part of the franchise record, seven homers on Sunday. Um, he's he's a fun player to watch, and the best part about him is he can play. He can and pretty much does play any position on the field. He's listed as a catcher. He played second base last night. He can play third, first, short, all three outfield positions. There are very few players who have that kind of skill set. Uh, home run numbers uh, jumping off the chart. Sean Roby, 12 homers on the season, hitting just 231. But talk about Sean, uh, that, 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 that pop in that bat, very noticeable. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, well, the 231 batting average in the Eastern League is typically, it sounds low, um, but batting averages in this league are usually pretty low. It's not actually that far below the, the league average. Um, I think that the Eastern League, we talked about the PCL a few minutes ago. Um, I think that the Eastern League, kind of swings the other direction where instead of uh, having inflated offensive numbers, this league ends up having some inflated uh, pitching numbers or the pitchers in this league, because there are so many big ballparks and there are so many good places to, to pitch, they end up having a little bit more success than, than the hitters might if they're out in the California league or in the Pacific coast league in places that, that's that tend to lean a little bit more favorable to the offensive players. Um, that said, uh, long-winded response there. I was actually trying to buy some time because a bunch of the players were walking by and I didn't want to talk about Sean right in front of them. So <laughs> um, <laughs> just for full transparency. Um, but no, he's he is uh, he puts together some really impressive home runs. Uh, I looked it up the other day, and at home at the Diamond, all but one of his home runs have gone at least 400 feet. And the one that didn't was an opposite field home run. Uh, and it still came pretty close. So uh He's got very impressive power. I think that the Giants want to see him cut the strikeouts down a little bit. I know that the Giants are one of the organizations that are really heavy on new generation analytics, so they're not really worried about where his batting average is. They're looking at things that my brain can't fully comprehend, like 
WOBA and weighted runs created plus and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but, but hitting home runs helps all of that. Sean Roby has shown that he's one of the best home run hitters in this league. And he, by the time this season is done, he may end up being the best home run hitter the Flying Squirrels have had, at least when they were playing in Richmond. You know, the, the, the soliloquy there, the little filibuster he had to do when the players were walking by, actually great insight uh, as far as the league. And I think he talked about it earlier, too. You know, I, I think that from, from, from what I know, the, the biggest change from high A to double A is, is the quality of pitching and, and what, the, what the pitchers can do to get you out. So the hitters have that huge transition. Uh, and you mentioned the batting average is not mattering in that sense. Uh, it, it's just me, being able to make the transition to, to going up against that much more difficult pitching that they'll see in the, at that level. Yeah, I mean, the the pitchers, when they first get here, they certainly notice a difference. Guys don't chase as much at this level. You have to really command good pitches every pitch. You have no pitches to waste. But the hitters, I mean, they tell you, pitchers here, they're not used to guys throwing fastballs inside, uh, you know, and, and locating and commanding those. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a big adjustment coming to this level for the hitters because the pitchers here are much more polished. And you get guys from the offensive and pitching side who've got major league time usually in this league 2020 filtered that out a little bit, but there's still a few that hang around. Um, and uh, this is a level where a lot of organizations will also pull guys straight to the major leagues from double a Altoona has been doing it a bunch this year, which from my time with, <laughs> with that organization makes me laugh because they would never do it back then. Now they're doing it a lot, but it's different people running the show. Um, they were actually notoriously this, like the, the toughest to get to the big leagues. And they, one of the toughest to get to the big leagues for their players and their minds. But, um, these are, these are, by the time guys get here, the first couple levels, uh, rookie ball, low A and high A, um, a lot of those guys are fresh right out of the draft. You're getting a lot of players who might be starting their pro careers at one of those levels, 19, 20, 21 years old. When you get to this level, I mean, you've got players ranging from, you have a few 20 year olds. It's very rare. Um, occasionally a 19 year old, that's even rare. Maybe some 21-year-olds, but most everybody here is going to be between 24 and early 30s. Uh, you have guys who've been doing this for a long time and have a lot of experience and, uh, and are, are hungry. You know, they don't want to be at this level. So um, it's, it's a big adjustment for guys when they get here. One other everyday player I want to talk about, in, in light of the, the Eastern League averages, uh, normal, batting averages normally being lower, Frankie Sestato, 329 batting average, 887 OPS, seven homers. Uh, and a corner infielder, first baseman. Uh, uh, those are eye-popping numbers given given the realities of the Eastern League. Yeah, if we picked the MVP in the first half last season, he would have been the MVP of the team, I think, and uh, in the conversation around the league. But that's not how it works. He had a tough second half. But he's come back and put together even better numbers in the first half this year than he did the first half last year. Uh, Frankie, anybody who's been out to the diamond knows who he is because the fans chant his name every time he comes up. He's got a lot of swagger to him, a lot of uh, personality. He's got great, you know, the hair, the beard, the tattoos, a great name, the walk-up music that gets everybody moving in the ballpark. Um, and uh, he's also a really good player, um, which is ultimately what matters to the fans and what matters to the Giants. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really talented defensive first baseman. Um, he can hit for a little bit of power. He had double-digit home runs in this league last year. Um, and obviously, he's showing this year that he can hit for average, which, again, the Giants aren't necessarily looking at their players. They're not looking for their players to hit 350. They're looking for the players to do a few other things that, that contribute to a certain, a few other ways. But if you're hitting 350, 
if you're looking at some of the more traditional stats like you and I are looking at, um, usually those other stats are going to come along there too. So uh, there hasn't been a flying squirrels player win a batting title in this league since Matt Duffy. Uh, I think that, uh, and that was eight years ago. I think that Frankie's got a good shot to make a run at that this year. We talked about Matt Frisbee. I'll talk, now switch into pitching. Who, who among the pitchers, starters, relievers, who, who stands out to you as, as someone that we will maybe be hearing down the road uh, at the major league level? Without question right now. I mean, I don't want to shortchange any other guys because I think that at this level, everybody's got a shot to get there. And we have some really talented pitchers. But uh, the, the marquee guy at this point, as far as who's getting a lot of the attention, is Kyle Harrison. Um, he just got promoted to double-A last week, but made his debut. He struck out nine uh, in five and two-thirds innings. Um, it was the second highest strikeout total in a debut in the team history behind Eric Surkamp, who holds basically every strikeout record in the franchise's history back in 2011. Um, but it is, he's, he's the Giants' top pitching prospect. He's only 20 years old. He's one of the youngest pitchers in all of AA. He's the youngest pitcher in the history of the Flying Squirrels, so he's the youngest pitcher the Giants have brought to AA since they've been in Richmond. And uh, everybody keeps saying that he's the biggest pitching prospect in the organization since Madison Bumgarner, which are big shoes to fill. But, man, he looked good when we saw him make his debut on Friday. Um, he's, uh, you know, mid nineties, left-handed fastball can run it up a little bit harder than that when he needs to. Uh, and, uh, and just, uh, 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 he's got some good secondary stuff that, that he missed some bats with on Friday, but even for him making his first double a start, he's got some of the best stuff in all of baseball. Um, Hartford is a really good team, the team that he faced on Friday. And they worked some counts on him, and they put some base runners on. They brought in a couple runs against him. Um, but before coming up here, Harrison had struck out 50% of the batters he faced this year, which is the most of the minors, which shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Um, I was listening to an interview with the Giants store manager uh, from a few days ago where they were talking about the promotion, and they were saying, you know, when he goes out there and he strikes out eight, and that brings his strikeout rate down to 50%, it might be time for him to have a new challenge. And so he's here with Richmond now. See him while you can, because it probably won't be for long. Well, very good news. Hey, uh, uh, rest of the week, you guys are in Akron. Uh, what's what's next after after Akron? More road trip? Uh, we come back home on Sunday nights, and then we'll start a series at home next Tuesday against Erie. Um, this week is a big one. Uh, as we talk right now, the Flying Squirrels are two games out of first, have a chance to make up some ground. Got a head start on that with the win in the series opener on Tuesday. Uh, but a big series next week, too, because Erie's coming to town. That's the team that's currently sitting between Akron and Richmond in the Eastern League standing. So uh, the first half, we're back to split seasons in the Eastern League this year. So we'll have playoff teams decided in the end of the first half of the season and in the end of the second half. So it actually, like, it's only June right now, but – these are pretty big games for the for the season for the Flying Squirrels because they have a chance to clinch a playoff spot. Just go ahead and get that out of the way uh, coming up in about three weeks. So these are a couple of really big series. Uh, come out to the Diamond and, and, and cheer on the Squirrels next week against Erie. Uh, make some noise. That's going to be a big set, especially depending on how things shake out this week here in Akron. Listen, listen to Trey this week uh, on the road. Uh, we'll have a link on our website how you can listen to the Squirrels games, watch the Squirrels games, whatever the case may be, uh, it, with your interest. And then, yeah, next week, let's get out to the Diamond. Hey, Trey, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always good to chat, and I uh, look forward to doing it again at some point soon.